Mrs. Luella Tidewell, just Lou to her many friends, pulled up the collar of her coat as the breeze off the river swept right through her. Brady, her golden Labrador, raced through the open meadow, somehow, Lou hoped, dodging all the horse manure. Labs, she thought, not for the first time, are so smart. And what good company Brady had made since Mr. Tidewell passed away. One minute reading his paper, a glass of sherry at his side, and the next, eyes shut, gone. Leaving Lou alone. She might have lots of friends, but it wasn't quite the same, was it? Now she kept walking, letting herself drift closer to the river that passed near the village, beautiful on a rare, sunny summer's day, but now so dark and grey that it seemed almost ominous on such an overcast morning. Don't think we'll see the sun today, she said. She didn't mind speaking to herself when she was alone. She might have told herself, as she did at home, that she was talking to Brady. Turning to him, she saw that the dog had stopped dead in his tracks, as though he had spied a stray rabbit and reverted to some ancient memory of a past life as a hunting dog. It was almost as if he was pointing towards the long bend in the river where it widened. A weir had been built, but next to it the river channel still flowed fast, especially when it rained heavily. And these days, Lou thought to herself, we certainly seem to get our share of horrible downpours. What is it, boy? Seen something to chase? But instead of racing over to investigate, Brady ran back and circled her legs. Another breeze hit her, and she brought her hand up to check her coat was buttoned up at the neck. Brady whimpered. Odd, she thought. He only really did that when he wanted to get out for his walk to uh, tend to business. Suddenly Brady leaped away again, just a few feet, as if encouraging her to follow. She really would have liked to turn back home, get inside where it was warm, a nice cup of English breakfast tea and a toasted slice of multigrain from Huffington's, the local bakery-cum-coffee shop. She'd smear it in marmalade and, why not, butter. Read the paper? Yes, that's what she wanted to do. Instead, with Brady acting pretty peculiar, she started walking in the direction he seemed to want her to go, the lab leading the way with an eagerness that Lou didn't feel. She had to watch her step, not just because of the droppings. Off the main path that followed the river, the land looked flat, but was, in reality, filled with ruts and depressions, all hidden by the thick foot-high grass blowing in the early morning wind. "'Easy, Brady,' she said to the barking dog. "'I'm coming, just need to take care.' She took a breath, the morning chill clinging to her lungs. Now Brady charged ahead. They were close to where the river forked, one side wandering to the weir on the right, while the left fork kept meandering its way down to the other villages that it lazily rolled by, the mighty Thames here but a sleepy river. Brady had stopped. Once again he had turned to stone, standing stock still and looking across to the weir, his gaze was focused directly on the shallow waters where the stream frothed and bubbled. She came abreast of her dog, reached down and gave his head a slow stroke. Don't know what you see, boy. Maybe there are rabbits over there on the other side, but... Uh... She stopped. At first it was one of those moments, happening more now with age, where you see something and, as Lou increasingly knew, you say, Oh, that's a... Um... And you guess it's this... Then, as you look at it closer, take a step nearer, you make another guess. She did that now, and saw what looked like a bit of cloth, shiny, sparkly, festive, glimmering even in this dull morning light. 
competing with the shimmering river water. She moved closer and realized that she was looking at clothes, a skirt of some kind, and something dull but still white, a blouse. Her mind quickly filled in the details. Perhaps a part of her even knew before she actually acknowledged it what exactly she was looking at. An area of muddy brown turned out to be a bowed head, chin to chest, face and eyes hidden. And as that became clear, Lou slowly started to make sense of what she could see, arms poking out of a blouse, one at a near horizontal to the body, fingers lazily pointing east, the other dangling in the rushing water, its hand hidden. Dear sweet God, Lou said to herself. Brady had been whimpering, but at the sound of her voice turned to look at her. To Lou, it seemed as though his eyes were sad, as if he knew that...